Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill and today I want to talk about relapse. So relapse can seem to just come out of nowhere and get you. Many people have told me that they have no idea why they drank. They just did. And this is really dangerous because if you don't know what got you, then how can you protect yourself from it next time? So in this episode, you'll learn five reasons why people relapse. This is not a comprehensive list, and I may have missed a thing or two, but I hope this gives you some ideas of what to work on. I get asked a lot about how I made sobriety stick, and I talked about my own journey in episode 9, From Chronic Day 1s to Forever Sobriety, if you're looking for a little more inspiration on how to get past the first day or so. So let's dig in. 
Number one, they get sick of thinking about sobriety all the time and want balance. I see this happen a lot, especially around 18 months, but it could happen sooner or later too. We get sick of thinking about sobriety and that makes us do things like stop going to meetings, back off on therapy, or socialize with our old drinking friend group. We start to think that we don't need to do these things as much anymore. And this allows the thoughts of finding balance or that you've learned so much you will never drink the way you used to, to invade our mind and take over. And before you know it, you're testing it out to see if you can have one drink occasionally. My friend Matt from the Sober Friends podcast said that it's kind of like someone with cancer deciding that they're sick of chemo. If that person decided that they were sick of thinking about their cancer all the time and doing so many treatments, then what would happen? Their cancer would get worse, right? I think a lot of us get annoyed that we have to think about sobriety all the time because we expect to just be able to move on with our lives, but sobriety is something that has to be maintained. It's not something that is just achieved. You can absolutely have balance in your life, but finding balance by trying to moderate or being a mindful drinker is not the way. If you could drink mindfully, you would already be doing that. So I'll link some episodes in the show notes about moderation if that's something that you're struggling with. Number two, they try to live the same lifestyle just without the alcohol. When we're drinking, we create our lives around alcohol. It becomes the center and the most important thing. Have you ever felt like you couldn't imagine your life without alcohol? That's because you built it up to be a critical part of your lifestyle. And when many of us stop drinking, we want to prove that nothing has to change. We try to go to the same bars, hang out with the same people, because we're still fun, right? And we spend our nights usually just watching TV or sitting around. When we're drinking, sitting around seems like fun because alcohol is slowing down our brains and making us not care. It feels like we're unwinding and treating ourselves after a long day. When you remove the alcohol, you realize how boring and useless sitting around actually is. It does nothing to help our stress levels, and if we do it too much, then the next day we feel guilty and even more stressed. So instead, I want you to recognize that things will change, and that's okay. You're not going to want to spend all day and night sitting around drinking water because that's super boring. It's okay for your friendships to change if the only thing you had in common was your love of drinking. And you're going to have to get some hobbies because depending on how often you drink, you might actually have zero hobbies. I didn't have any. And I quickly realized that sitting around drinking water and watching The Bachelor is not a hobby. So be open to changing your lifestyle. You need to discover who you are without alcohol. My best advice is whatever you spent the most time doing, don't do that at all. So I sat around, drank, and watched TV every night. So when I got sober, I didn't even go into my living room at all for the first month. I sat in my bed, read books, and researched addiction instead. And you don't have to sit in your bedroom like I did. Just do something different and recognize that you built your whole life around alcohol. 
there's a reason that you can't imagine your life without it. And that's because it's such a critical part of your lifestyle. So when you give it up, your lifestyle has to change. Number three, they don't do the work to identify their triggers and learn to manage them. These are likely people who drink and then say they don't even know what happened or why they did it. And if you don't know why you drank, then how can you protect yourself the next time this trigger shows up? Or this kind of person doesn't do the work at all, including having a recovery program or a plan. They are just not drinking. My friend Blair wrote an article recently, which I will link in the show notes, and she told a story that I've never heard before about resilience. So go check out her article for the whole thing. But she said basically that resilience is like plates. And we all have different kinds of plates. Some of us are like paper plates and we can't hold any liquids or we get soggy and break. And if you load us up with too much stuff, we crumble. Think of those really flimsy paper plates that you get from a pizza place where it's basically like a piece of paper. Some of us are like that. We can't handle much and we get overwhelmed and break down easily. So if that's you, then you need to learn how to take things off of your plate and recognize what things are going to be too much for you to take on. And this is why it's so important to recognize your triggers. If you're currently the flimsiest type of paper plate, but you're working on your ability to handle stress and discomfort, then you need to be mindful of your triggers and what's going to overwhelm you. We don't learn to take things off our plate when we're drinking. And this is the mission that I am assigning you in your sobriety. Learn to let things go that aren't a big deal. Learn how to work through stuff without avoiding it or ignoring it. And learn how to deal with stress in ways that actually make future you less stressed. Part of this journey is learning what upsets you and why it upsets you. And once you can understand that, you can start to figure out ways to deal with strong emotions. I'll list out some episodes in the show notes where I discuss coping skills if you want more information. And I'll also link to an interview that I did with American Addiction Centers where we talked a lot about emotions and coping. So you can watch that on YouTube. Number four, they're in early sobriety, which would be under two months. Physical health improvements start early in sobriety, and there are a ton of improvements that happen within the first month. So I talked about this in episodes 59 and 80, if you want to learn more specifics about the physical benefits. The mental benefits, though, take a bit longer. And by day 60, you should have a big boost of mental clarity. I felt like I could think clearly for the first time ever once I got to around 60 days. So what this means, if you're under 60 days sober, then you don't have as much mental clarity. So it's more challenging for you to think things through and make the best decisions for future you. So I talked all about cognitive improvements in episode 60, but people who drink heavily have problems with attention, working memory, which is keeping a specific piece of information present in your mind, controlling impulses, problem solving, reasoning, multitasking, and updating our beliefs based on new information. And these problems continue on into sobriety. Things don't just magically get fixed because you stop drinking. It takes time for your brain to heal. 
And this is one major reason why people are so vulnerable to relapse in the first couple months because their cognitive power isn't back online. And another reason that's probably more obvious is you just don't have that much sober experience yet. A main part of staying sober is believing in yourself and knowing that you don't need alcohol. If you're in early sobriety, then you're still learning this. So what helped me the most was making plans on the weekend that didn't involve alcohol and then seeing that I could still have a really fun time. When I was drinking, if it didn't involve alcohol, then I didn't want to go. So it was very limited in what I could do with my time. But in sobriety, I got to do so many more fun things. So try to find new activities to do and prove to yourself that you can have fun without alcohol. So what I did was I started looking on the Boston Events website and seeing what was going on in my area. And you can also look at your local community center too. And the fifth reason why people relapse is because they secretly hope they will be able to moderate someday. One of the hardest stages of change to get out of is wanting to change, but then doing nothing about it. We spend years in this stage, and if you're here right now, then you may wake up saying you're not going to drink, but then by the afternoon, you convince yourself why it's okay to drink today, and you didn't actually mean it. And then we beat ourselves up for being weak, and then the process starts again. So I want to challenge you here. Do you actually want to stop drinking, or do you just want to stop drinking so much? Think about it. We beat ourselves up for not being able to stop drinking and be sober, but deep down, we don't actually want to be sober. We want to keep drinking just without the consequences. So I talked about this in depth in episode 91 and about losing the motivation to stop drinking and how to handle that. So go listen to that one because it was really good. But if you're carrying around hope that you can moderate someday or drink occasionally, then you're never going to be free because once we leave that door open, it's so easy to convince ourselves that it's going to be different this time. Acceptance is really, really important. I kept going back and forth for years because I kept believing that I'd figure out how to moderate. And as soon as I was able to accept that I drink the way I drink and that will never change, then I was free. And that's what my whole podcast is about, explaining to you why you drink this way and why that will never change. So if you're stuck on this belief, go listen to episode 99. And another thing that's hard about carrying around the hopes and dreams that you're going to moderate someday is that you miss out on some of the benefits of sobriety because you're paying attention to your end game, which is drinking again. You're not living so much in the present moment. You're living in this fantasy future where hopefully you'll be able to moderate. So you're carrying around your romantic ideas of alcohol. You're carrying around the beliefs about how alcohol helps you and you're not working through those because you believe that you're going to drink again someday. So you're letting those beliefs stay alive and maintain their strength. And a bonus reason that people relapse, they're experiencing pause or post-acute withdrawal syndrome, and they don't know how to cope with the symptoms. So I'm going to be uploading a course on pause on my YouTube channel starting this coming Tuesday. If you're listening to this episode when it's first released, or if you're listening in the future, then it's probably already there, so go check. So I'll link my channel in the show notes, 
but I'll be releasing a new video each week for the month of August about pause. And I also have an ebook on pause too. So pause or post-acute withdrawal syndrome is usually either misunderstood or people just aren't aware of what it is. Pause symptoms are mostly mood-based and it's estimated that up to 75% of people getting sober from alcohol will experience pause to some degree. So withdrawal, what we experience in the first week or two, is the body and brain adapting to alcohol not being present anymore. It's like a shock. Our body is so used to having alcohol there at all times, and now all of a sudden it's just not there. And it has to learn how to just live without alcohol. But we don't fully adapt back to normal in just a week or two. So pause represents long-term healing of the brain. Symptoms will come and go in cycles with each occurrence lasting a few days or so. So one common misunderstanding here is that it's permanent misery for a year. So if you're experiencing that, then go back to point three in this episode and consider talking to a therapist or a doctor because you shouldn't feel constant misery and sometimes alcohol can be masking other mental health conditions that then show up in sobriety that we need to work through. So pause will include mood-based symptoms, like I said, like irritability, depression, anxiety, mood swings, low energy and fatigue, insomnia, brain fog, low libido, cravings for alcohol, and a lack of pleasure from natural rewards. So these symptoms are all triggers for drinking because we know alcohol fixes these problems. So you may also feel why bother about the whole thing? Why bother being sober if you're just gonna feel like crap anyway? So if you think you might be experiencing pause, then definitely talk to a doctor or therapist because you don't have to struggle with this alone. And just know that this represents your brain healing. You blasted it with so much alcohol for a really long time, and it takes time for it to heal and adapt back to normal. So keep reminding yourself of that, and sobriety is worth the work. Happiness and all the good things that sobriety allows us to have is worth it. Just remember that you are not alone, and it is okay to need extra help to stop drinking or to stay sober. It doesn't mean anything bad about you, and if you think about on your one-year soberversary, you're not going to look back and regret asking for help. I also have a quick start guide that's free to download with a bunch of resources if you need support and you're not sure where to go. So check that out, and I will talk to you next week. Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-to 
excuse for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.